0: Crossovers are becoming a norm here on the Locked On Pirates and Locked On Cardinals podcast as of late as the month of May for Pirates fans is thankfully gone. I'm so happy it's gone. And they have an NL Central foe to face to start the month of June, which features a much more favorable but also arguably the most important stretch of the year for the Pittsburgh Pirates and the St. Louis Cardinals. I am joined by J.D. Hafron of Locked On Cardinals. For my Locked On Pirates folks, you're probably familiar with him because we did a crossover from the first series, which was a very fun series in its own right, but also feels like it was like a year and a half ago. So, (laughs) J.D., uh, how are you doing today, sir?
1: I'm doing excellent, man. Uh, We've got another new month upon us now and uh we're putting may in uh the rearview mirror although it wasn't a bad may for the cardinals it was it was better than april and uh (laughs) what we saw from the cardinals in the in the first month of games where they were uh 10 and 19 to start the year it's starting to look a little bit more like themselves but uh still a lot of room for improvement
0: yes and um the nl central of course very fun division we'll talk about that a little bit more in the second (laughs) segment um The Pirates can enter this series with a Brewers loss today, which is very possible. They play the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays, of course, are good at AL East team in that division. That's crazy. I think every team in that division would actually be leading this division. The Red Sox would be tied for first in this division. But if the Brewers lose today, the Pirates are a half game back of first place going into the series against a Cardinals team that has had a lot going on already this year. You have the pitching woes that have plagued this Cardinals team. You have the Wilson Contreras stuff with he can't catch or whatever was going on there, and then he moves to the outfield. You have the emergences of Nolan Gorman in the not-so-great play of Nolan Arenado, which has not made a lot of fantasy baseball fans happy that may have him on their teams. But, J.D., obviously I'm talking about all this from the outside perspective – How have the Cardinals gotten to this point where obviously they were very bad to start the year? They're now 25 and 32. How have they gotten to this point now that we sit on June 1st?
1: Well, as we mentioned, the 10-19 the and 19 at the beginning of the year, uh, nothing was going right. Um, and what made it hard to watch was the fact that they were making a lot of dumb mistakes, you know, things where they were costing themselves. It wasn't so much that other teams were beating them. They were beating themselves. Uh, you had bad pitching on some nights. You might get a little bit of hitting that next night. But then it'd be like the the errors in the outfield or the bad base running. That was the stuff that was really maddening to watch when, uh, and I know it's a cocky thing to say, but we call it, you know, the Cardinal way, Cardinal baseball. And that's just not what we're used to as a fan base. We've been very spoiled with uh, very good teams for so long. When we see them struggle a little bit, we're like, oh my gosh, season's over. Let's blow it up. This is terrible. Where May comes around, they start off the month, <laughs> they lose their first five as part of their eight game losing streak. Uh, they finally snapped that on May 7th. And then after that point, though, they are 15 and 8 since mm-hmm. May 7th. Back to being what we expected them to be more like. Um, the pitching has turned around from uh, the big guys have been Jack Flaherty and Miles Michaelis, who have gotten better. Uh, Adam Wainwright, Stephen Matz uh, have not been good. Uh, Jordan Montgomery was better in April, but he's come back to earth in the month of May. But it's been Flaherty and Michaelis who have uh, really turned things around as far as the pitching rotation goes. And finally, you mentioned Nolan Aranato. Uh, he was you know, brutal in the month of April, and then he got hot in the month of May. Uh, started to tail off a little bit here at the very end like most of the offense did. And that was when they were wrapping up 19 games in 19 days. So uh, those final six games, they were really you could tell that they were just wiped out and the offense kind of fell back down into kind of what we saw more of in April, but that I, I believe that to be more of an exhaust exhaustion thing than uh, to say that that is what we expect to see moving forward here in the month of June, but they played a lot better baseball all around and uh, ended up with a, a winning record in the month of May. So uh, steps in the right direction.
0: for Yes. Sure. And for the pirates, obviously it's kind of been the reverse, um, We all remember the Pirates had the 20-8 and start. You mentioned playing 19 games in 19 days. In April, the Pirates had to play 17 games in 17 days. Cardinal series was a part of that. May enters. You get the big, gigantic matchup. You had the NL best Pirates, AL best Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Bay makes them look silly. Then it just kept going and going and going. Mm -hmm. They finally win a game in May against Colorado. Then they lose two. They get another win against Baltimore, lose two. They split one against Detroit. They destroy the Diamondbacks, a very good Diamondbacks team, in a Friday game. They lose the next two. They beat the Texas Rangers, who had one of the hottest offenses in all of baseball entering that game. They lose the next two. They beat Seattle the first game. They lose the next two. Then they get trounced by San Francisco. And that was a game that I feel like they needed to have happen to them or they just get absolutely blown out in all facets of the game. They come out and win the next two and salvage the month, winning one series the whole month. They did not win a series the whole month until the last day. And they leave the month of May at 28 and 27. And I remember in my April recap show at the beginning of May, on Monday, May 1st, I said, this team going 20 and 8, was a blessing in disguise because obviously they are not as good as that record was, but it gave them a cushion to have a month like this. And Andrew McCutcheon Mm -hmm. spoke to justice de los Santos and a bunch of the uh, writers in Pittsburgh and said, Hey, would you rather have this happen now or in September? I think that's the biggest sticking point. And it was something that I spoke about with you before we hit record today. If you would have told me the pirates were going to be 28 and 27 have a, I believe, three-and-a-half game advantage on the Pits- or the Cardinals, yeah, four games now that you guys played yesterday, and be a game out of first place, you're taking that if you're a Pirates fan. Now, obviously, the way we've gotten here is not as nice as you would like it to be. I mean, you only win eight games in the entire month. But going into the series, J.D., what do you think is like a sticking point for the Cardinals here? I mean, this is a series in Pittsburgh. It's the start of a new month. Both teams are coming out of the month looking okay. And this is a division that is up for grabs for the most part. I mean, how do you think the Cardinals prepare for this series where they face Rwangi Contreras, Luis Ortiz, and Rich Hill?
1: At this point, because they dug themselves such a large hole, in April they can't really afford to give away any division games whatsoever especially playing less division uh, games this year because of the the schedule differences where we have to play every team in in the major leagues which you know it, it's great when you've uh, <laughs> when you're when you're up in the standings but not so yeah. great when uh, when you're down cuz now you're like oh my gosh now we can't afford to uh, I, like the cardinals can't go to pittsburgh and drop 2 of 3 and feel good about that Whereas in the past, when, uh, you know, they had a a decent lead in the division or uh, we're going to play you guys even more that you could be like, okay, if you lose two or three, it's not the end of the world. But you've already played the Pirates four times. You split with them then. Uh, You you can't afford to lose ground to these guys That uh, are ahead of you in the division So um, this is a very Important series for them uh, Coming out uh, of May Especially after um, Closing out the month of May where they split With the Royals, they lose to the Guardians And they split with the Reds And they were basically on fumes at the end of the month They've gotten two days off to recharge First time they've had two days off since 1978 Was the stat And uh, they gotta come out flying because if they come out flat it, it i find that to be embarrassing and i think that's a, that would be an issue with what's going on in the clubhouse if that is the case
0: yeah and of course the pirates off today as well after their series win against the giants so both teams should come into this series fresh of course you get tomorrow's game at 705 405 on saturday 11 35 in the morning on sunday everybody on. wake up have your coffee ready <laughs> let's go Uh, So that is the lineup for the series. We'll talk more about the series in the third segment, but we're going to talk about the NL Central a little bit here, J.D., and why this division is just up for grabs for everybody and some of my thoughts on what some of these teams should be thinking about moving forward. But if you want to go catch Cardinals and Pirates, you might think, oh, it's too late to get tickets. It's too late to think about going to PNC Park and getting tickets to these games. Well, I'm here to tell you it's not because you can download the GameTime app today and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. So, I mean, baseball tickets are in high demand right now. Baseball's fun. It's a kind of crazy season, and buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. And forget planning months in advance because GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event you can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and more and of course the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section in row for less game time will credit you 110% of the difference so download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Of course, terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on MLB for $20 off and download Game Time Today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. You can, of course, hear myself and J.D. Halfren of Locked On Cardinals on SiriusXM if you're listening on the radio. Uh, of course, J.D.'s Twitter handle is J.D. Sports Radio, so you can probably find him on a lot of different radio stations. <laughs> but as we record today, this NL Central and just both centrals, for we'll, we'll just throw that out yeah. there, but we're not talking about the <laughs> AL Central today. The, the NL Central right now, if you just look over the last 10 games – you have the five and five Brewers over the last ten. Pittsburgh four and six, Cincinnati seven and three, St. Louis five and five, the Cubs four and six. One thing that's absolutely crazy to me is that the Cubs are where they are. Uh, they are like kind of tied for last place in the entire National League. But every team in this division is separated by five games, and uh, as mentioned. Uh, when I talked about it earlier, and I'm going to talk about this a lot tomorrow for all of these teams, realistically, um, just looking at the middle of the month, the pirates play the Cubs, the Brewers and the Cubs nine straight games. That is, that is where you're going to start seeing the divide between these teams and where they sit. Even with this series, if the Cardinals were to sweep the pirates in this series, that gap suddenly closes to two games or one game. And then who knows what happens with Cincinnati and Milwaukee over the weekend, too. Is this division really up for grabs, or is it just still too early to say? I mean, it's it's so weird to figure out because, yes, we're already in June, but all these teams are so congested together, and nobody's really pulling away with it. So how mm-hmm. do you view it from the Cardinals' standpoint of how this division sits and where everybody sits as contending for it?
1: What? we're very pleased with the fact that none of you have pulled away <laughs> considering yeah. where we were. That's what I'm, I keep telling people this. And I'm like, you got to remember, okay. The Cardinals had this terrible start to the year and the other teams have to not win. If the Cardinals ever want to catch up because it was such a monster hole that they dug for themselves and lucky for them. Nobody has really taken control of this entire division. You mentioned, you saw the, uh, the reds are, are hot right now. They want five in a row coming into uh Coming into Thursday, I got a chance to sweep the Red Sox tonight. Um, They're they're feeling themselves, but the Cardinals just played them and split with them. So I don't know if I trust what Cincinnati's doing just yet. Mm -hmm. And when I look at anybody in the division, uh, looking at the Cardinals as well, I don't trust any of these teams right now. I, I don't know if any of them are ever going to pull away. Like there's nothing about the Cardinals that screams to me like, oh, that hot run is coming like that. There's something that like, Oh, they're going to catch fire any moment now and rattle off seven in a row. I don't ever see that happening with this team because their starting pitching. Isn't good enough to do that. Like there's nobody where there's not like where they're going to line up four of their starters and go, those four are expected to win over the next four. That's not ever going to happen. Like you can't tell me that that's something that you believe in if you're a Cardinals fan. And I, I just don't see it. Like, I feel like, many of us feel like we're getting lucky with Jack Flaherty doing well recently, but you saw how bad he can be at times. And I don't know if anybody completely trusts that yet. The only guy that we trusted coming into the season was miles My- My- Michaelis. And he's still the only guy I think that you can trust yeah. that when he goes out on that, on that mound, you're like, we have a very good chance to win today. I don't know if you can say that about any of the other guys in the rotation ever,
0: yeah, and it's interesting when I think about the pitching because this was a sticking point for me after April with how the Pirates pitched in the bullpen that they currently possess. I think there was a stat the other day that I talked about on yesterday's show where we're the only team in baseball to have five relievers with under a 2.25 ERA with at least 18 innings pitched. That's the kind of stuff that wins you these games that you need to mm-hmm. win. And then you have Mitch Keller, his emergence. You have Rolandzi Contreras. He's taken a step back, but he's still did, done fine. Rich Hill, you know what you're getting from Rich Hill most of the time. Johan Oviedo is taking a little bit of a step back. Luis Ortiz is still figuring out his stuff. And then, of course, Vince Velasquez went down with an injury. But as we're talking about the division, it's also interesting because the Brewers and Reds play this weekend as well. And I think that's what's given the Brewers the edge is you have Corbin Burns. Then you have guys like – I think Woodruff is hurt right now, but you have a Freddie Peralta – you have that pitching staff that you know you can trust. Even the Reds right now, you have Hunter Green. You have Nick Lodolo. You have Graham Ashcraft. You throw those guys out there, you can have some confidence that they're going to win. Then you look at the Cubs. To me, it's really Marcus Stroman and everybody else. Drew Smiley is yeah. kind of having a good year, but it's really Marcus Stroman and everybody else. And what you're speaking with with the Cardinals is it kind of feels like it's just Miles Michaelis and everybody else. Mm-hmm. So do you truly think that pitching could end up being the major difference here and teams in this division might become hot on the market for it just to be able to pitch against each other?
1: I, I think they have to be. I mean, if there's one place that I think you could improve each one of these teams in the division, it would be the pitching staffs. Um the cardinals for sure <laughs> definitely they needed starting pitching coming into the year and they didn't go out and get any and you see what's happening because of that um and i think anybody you know any team would love to grab themselves another uh, solid starter the question is how many aces are going to be out there and available and that that's the hard part to predict because with the wild card series and all of this going into it there's so many people who are in contention until the very end. Uh, not a lot of teams are willing to give up somebody who is a, an age yeah. Like, will Milwaukee, would they dare trade Corbin Burns? Thinking that even though they're still like in the hunt, but they may not be able to bring him back in two years? Like, is that something if, they, okay. if some team pops off and says, hey, we got a, a major haul, like a, a Juan Soto type of haul we want to give you for Corbin Burns. Would they do that? knowing that they probably aren't a team that's going to win a world series, but they could win the division and go to the playoffs. You know, you saw them do the Josh Hader thing last year and that backfired humongously for them. So I wouldn't suspect that they would make that same mistake. Um, But what aces are going to be out there? You know who who's coming up? That's a free agent that's that big a deal. They can make such a huge difference. I don't know. That's why you saw the Cardinals last year uh, go off and trade with the Pirates and get Quintana, who was fantastic. Unfortunately, has been hurt for almost the whole season with the Mets so far, uh, and go get Jordan Montgomery. Not huge names, but solid names that were uh, you know good pieces for that team and help them uh, win the division last year. They definitely were a, a huge factor in what ended up being a, an NL Central championship for the Cardinals. But you saw what happened to them when they got to the playoffs. It didn't matter. <laughs> they were yeah.
0: out. And it's interesting that you brought up that contention with the wild card, too. I mean, right now you look at it. San Diego is 25 and 30. We'll be honest here. I'm sure both of us will be honest here. San Diego ain't that bad. No. No. The Phillies are twenty-five and thirty. The Phillies aren't that bad. No, I mean, like even the Rockies are twenty-four and thirty-three, and they're five and a half out of a wild card spot. It, it, it's the NL. The NL, like specifically, is crazy. It, yeah. it's nuts. But you mentioned some of those arms. I mean, I think you can definitely look to Chicago and look at the White Sox and say, okay, Lucas Giolito and Lance Lynn are probably going to get moved. I mean they've picked it up as of late. They're seven games back still, but they picked it up out of that horrific start they had. I'd name Lucas Giolito just because I think he'll be the top like guy that could be available to any NL Central team. Possibly. Right,
1: how good do you think Lucas Giolito is, like in your opinion? Yeah, like exactly. It's like what do you <laughs> like, really get? Good good? And really. then you can
0: obviously you could throw in the Shohei Otani thing, but I don't think any team in this division is really getting Otani. That is a like just That is a whole New York, L.A. deal. That is whatever New York team or whatever L.A. team wants to give them as much money as possible. Um, I just don't know. It's one of those things with this division where you just truly don't know, J.D. It's this whole thing a couple weeks from now could be so different. And Mm -hmm. even the trade deadline, you have to think, is still 50-something days away. How many yeah. games are you playing in between that? I mean, it's it's really nuts to think about where this division sits, where everybody in the NL in general sits, and how things could be different in a couple of weeks. But, of course, the Pirates and the Cardinals will be starting that couple of weeks against each other this weekend. So we'll talk about some trends, some keys to victory, and more but, of course, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time, as I mentioned earlier. Make sure you check out JD's Friday episode of my Friday episode ahead of tomorrow's 7.05 start. Yeah, I forgot that the Pirates were playing all their games early at 6.35, and now all of a sudden it's due and we've switched them all to 7.05. Yeah, uh, them. Yeah, I don't know why, but who knows. Uh, so trends, keys to victory, and more. Uh, Trends-wise, um, you guys already heard me talk about both teams are kind of playing similar uh, similar baseball over their last ten, four and six for the Pirates, five and five for the Cardinals. Where do you sit, trends wise, with the Cardinals? What are some trends that Pirates fans should know?
1: Um, well, at the end of the month, the offense really started to tank. As I mentioned, uh, they they just looked like they were exhausted going through the motions uh they weren't putting a lot of runs up on the board but uh the name that has popped off for the the Cardinals this year which is somebody that uh, has really taken a huge step uh in season two and that's Nolan Gorman uh he's been a monster and uh you know he's one of the young players on the team so he's not is quite as fatigued <laughs> as some of the older guys like Goldie and Arnato uh Contreras but um, he's a guy, obviously, that's been a, a huge difference maker. He's been very clutch. Uh, he just seems to come up in all the big situations. And when he does, nine times out of ten, he, he, he gets that hit that's needed. So uh, he's been big. Um, but like I mentioned, a lot of these guys were not having great stretches at the end of May, uh, Arenado was in a huge slump again. Uh, Contreras, Contreras has been, a, in my opinion, Contreras has been a monster disappointment so far. Um, mm-hmm. And this has nothing to do with him calling pitches behind the plate. That was—I I have no idea what that was about. I can't explain to you why they said the things they said and decided to make those. That was weird to me. I don't—I don't get it. But hitting wise, he's been on a on another slump. Like he was um, in April, he had a really cold start. And he got hot for a couple of weeks, and uh, now he he's back to ice cold. So uh, he's a guy that has to get going because that's you know your number four and five hitters in the lineup normally is uh, Arenado and Contreras. So if they're not they're not coming through, you got some serious issues there. They just uh, lost Lars Newbar to back spasms in the uh, last game before they had these two days off. So we know he's day to day. They do not have Tyler O'Neill right now. They do not have Dylan Carlson. So their starting three outfielders are all out. At the moment. Mm-hmm. Whether New Bar plays on Friday, I'm not sure. But uh I mean, that means you're using backup outfielders for all yeah. three spots. And in some ways, they're using infielders. So Tommy Edman and Brendan Donovan have been playing the outfield instead because that's how not good a defense <laughs> and not great hitting it has been for any of the backup outfielders like an Alec Burleson or a, a Juan Yepes. They had to bring Oscar Mercado up from AAA. And uh it's you know not great not great right now but uh michaelis Flaherty, those guys have been on quite a nice run as far as starting pitching so um i know you guys we're getting Flaherty on friday i would assume michaelis will be sunday he should be pitching on five days rest still so uh i don't know who we're gonna have on saturday they'll make that announcement we don't know uh, who that is at the time of this recording but um I mean, they could go Montgomery. They could go Wainwright if they want to. Uh, We'll we'll have to see. But those are kind of the uh, ups and downs of what's coming into this series for the Cardinals.
0: Yeah, and the uh, big thing that was interesting in the month of May for me that I've really driven to my viewers is the Pirates in games that they scored more, just four runs, four or more runs. They were like six and one in those games. Four runs is not like an astronomical – Amount of runs that you need in a game. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, of course, you have an 8-0 win against Detroit, a 13-3 win against uh, Arizona, 4-0 against Baltimore, um, 6-4 against Texas, 11-6 against Seattle, 9-4 in the last game against the Giants. When this offense scores, especially with the bullpen that you have and the starting pitching that you've been getting, that has been kind of the tandem that works together, is it's okay, get four runs – you're probably not losing the game just because of how good the bullpen has been. David Bednar has 10 saves and 11 tries just got his first save in quite a while a few days ago. Then you have Mitch Keller. He's like the fastest player in pirates history. I think the 90 strikeouts before June or something like that. I don't remember what it was, but it was crazy.
1: I'm glad we're missing him this series.
0: (laughs) Yes. uh, You get, yeah, you get Rowanzi, you get Luis Ortiz, and then you get um, Rich Hill, So we don't even get Oviedo against his former team either. So I would say as far as the starting rotation for this series, you are getting kind of the three guys that have been question marks. Mitch Keller Keller has not been the question mark whatsoever. But it just really depends on what you want to see from this team and what offense you're getting. Brian Reynolds is going to do Brian Reynolds things. Andrew McCutcheon, closing out on a milestone that he'll probably complete over this homestand that starts with this series, then moves to Oakland, and then the Mets. He's six hits away from 2,000 hits. He'll probably get that at some point over this homestand, I would assume. Then you have Jack Sawinski. When Jack Sawinski is on, man, he is on, but he needs to be on more. Inconsistency is what ki- had like killed this team all through May, and it was actually kind of relieving to hear when you were talking about the errors and the poor base running and all that stuff, that we weren't the only team that was doing that. Yeah. And that was really what plagued him in May. You had the defensive errors in Tampa Bay, which I gave them a pass for because you're playing on turf, you're playing at a dome, you're not used to it. But then it just continued and continued and continued over and over and over again. But when they haven't made those mistakes, pitching is done what it's supposed to do. Derek Shelton can get to that bullpen that he likes so much Things work out. So really, it's just, can this offense consistently score four runs a game? And that doesn't sound like much at all. But the way they've played over the course of the last month, it is. There's been those games where they score, or those streaks, where they score three runs in 18 innings, and you just look and you're like, they just scored 11 runs two days ago. Where did this offense go? Mm -hmm. So as long as the offense can show up and Brian Reynolds can do his thing, I really like the fact that it seems like they're finally giving Rodolfo Castro ample playing time because he cannot hit righties for whatever reason, but he's a lefty killer. But he's not going to figure out how to hit righties if he doesn't face righties. So at the end of the day, I mean, keys to victory for me for the Pirates here. You mentioned the pitching. You mentioned where it's at for the Cardinals. Four runs. It's all I'm asking for. Four runs in every game, and I like our chances. What are your keys to victory for the Cardinals? There, obviously, with a little turmoil going on in the outfield, and then who will be pitching on Saturday?
1: It's just got to be the offense waking up, you know. If um, and for the Cardinal side of things, to give up four runs in a game with the people that you have in this lineup shouldn't be a big deal, you know. You should be able to outscore a team, and they when they get four, when you're putting out players like. Goldschmidt and Arnado and Contreras and uh, Tommy Edman and Gorman and Newport, like they've got a solid lineup. They're able to explode on teams when they were fresh. And then they, they hit the skid at the end of this uh, last uh, 19 games and uh, they just kind of tapered off. They got to come out swinging. They got to come out hot. And um, that's kind of been the way this team was built. Cause we knew the starting pitching was going to be a little bit suspect. And they were going to have to outscore teams. That was how they were going to win games this year. So um, when they score like six or more or something like that is when they're, you know, which it should be for most teams. But when you know your your starting pitchers are are giving up, you know, a couple of them got ERAs like at six. You know, when they when it's like that, you have to hit more. And when they were losing here at the uh, in the last couple of series, it was just because they weren't hitting. So um, that's that's the key in my opinion. Like uh, their pitching is going to give up. They're going to give up runs. (laughs) It it does happen all the time. Michaelis has been solid. Uh, Like I said, Flaherty has been great recently, but whoever throws that that second game – you know, this is uh, probably going to give up four or five runs. It's just the way it has been all year. So the Cardinals bats need to come back to life, and uh, they need to do it right away because uh, they got you guys. And then uh, following this, they're going to be playing Cincinnati again. And then I, I believe they get the Cubs later again this month. But they're going to be taking on the Rangers, who we know <laughs> score a lot of runs. They got Houston this month. So um, the bats are going to have to come come to life, and they did in, in the month of May. They were much, much, much better. Uh, I believe they scored the fourth most runs uh, in the league in May. So stay that way, stay the course, and
0: uh, hopefully things will work out. Of course. And, guys, don't forget, tune into the series, obviously. Tune into both of our episodes tomorrow. You can follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked on Pirates. You can follow J.D. Hafron at J.D. Sports Radio or at Locked on, or LO underscore Cardinals. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this Locked on Pirates and Locked on Cardinals crossover. I'm Ethan Smith. That's JD Haffron. We'll see you on the flip side.